Hi, I'm Pastor Brian Kiley, and thank you for listening to Bridgeway Christian Church's presentation of Faith and Culture, Women in Ministry. Part of the Faith and Culture series that we do here at Bridgeway is lecture material presented by Pastor Lance, and then we also include testimony from subject area experts. What you're about to hear now is you're going to hear Pastor Lance introduce one of our guest speakers, and then you will hear one of those powerful stories. We invite you to listen, and if anything you hear raises questions for you, please contact us at askask at bridgeway.church. In a moment, we're going to have our guest speaker come up here. She is an archaeologist by trade. She is an associate dean and professor at William Jessup University. She has her PhD in biblical studies from the University of Sheffield in England. She is a scholar in the Old Testament. And her name is Dr. Cynthia Schaefer Elliott. Would you welcome her to the stage? Wow, good evening. Hi. I am so happy to be here. I really just am so pleased. Um, As Pastor Lance said, my name is Dr. Cynthia Schaefer-Elliott. I'm a professor at Jessup, and I specialize in the historical, cultural, and social context of ancient Israel. So all of that biblical world stuff, that's what I do. And I get to do what I teach. I'm an archaeologist in Israel, and I'm on a couple excavations there. So I love what I do. And Pastor Matt and I were talking just earlier today about how it was two years ago that he invited me to come speak to the research committee on this topic. And we had such a great conversation. And it's been a weird two years, of course, since then. I think we could all agree to that. But in those two years, they have been researching and they've been studying and they've been praying and they've been reflective. And I'm just super impressed with all that. So, and I'm really just feel quite special to be here and to be part of that. So usually I am not on the testimony side of things. <laughs> usually I am in the, uh, the passing on of knowledge thing. So this is a bit different position for me to be in. Um, but I thought what I would do is kind of share briefly um, about some of my experience as um, what my calling has been, um, my experience as a female uh, Bible Christian scholar, and what I see is um, some things that we could be looking for, and then um, maybe some hope for the future. It's always good to end with hope. So um, just a little bit more about me. I was never a good student. You can laugh, that's all right, it wasn't. I loved history, I loved English, but I was more concerned about being a social butterfly than about being a serious student. And it wasn't until I went to college, I went to a small private Christian college up in Reading called Simpson, and uh, no booze please, okay. (laughs) Um, But it wasn't, it was my very first semester of my freshman year, and I was in my intro to Old Testament class, And I just felt like this wave rush over me and I felt like, I love this stuff. I know a lot of this stuff, but I love it and I want to study more of it. And it was during those years in college where I really felt my calling. And it became so clear to me, as clear as the breath that I breathe, that I was to study scripture, 
and that I was to teach at a college or university setting. I was to teach scripture. And that just, I was like, all right, Lord, that's where I am. And that's been my path ever since. Now, that's not saying it's been easy. Of course, whenever God calls us to do something, I think we should always assume it's not going to be easy, right? But God's been faithful. And here I am against all odds, a full-fledged Old Testament professor. Now, I straddle two worlds as a female Christian Bible scholar. I have the one world, which is the academic world of biblical studies. And that world is the world that analyzes the biblical text and the worlds that it comes from. In that world, my expertise, my education, and my work speaks for itself. The fact that I am a woman in that world is seen as a blessing not a curse. But the other world is my Christian world. And in that world, my experience has been a bit different than my academic world. Now, I'm not saying this is a blanket statement for everyone, but in my experience, the fact my expertise and my education and my scholarly reputation there were those that no matter what credentials I had, but because I was a woman and I had a, what I thought is a God-given calling to teach scripture, there were those who would refuse to acknowledge that calling. In that world, it seemed to me that some considered a woman biblical scholar as a curse rather than a blessing. I recall one experience. I'll give you a little story here where I was at a big Bible conference, uh, an academic conference, but I was in a teaching workshop. And I had just started at Jessup just a couple months before, and so I was really excited. And I go to this teaching workshop, and as you do at conferences, you know you start chit-chatting about, oh, where are you from, where do you teach, all that kind of normal stuff. And I'm talking with this guy, and he asks those same conference type questions. And um, he asked, well, what school do you teach at? I said, oh, I'm at this small, you know, private liberal arts college that you probably never heard of. And he's up in Northern California. And he said, oh, which one? And I said, oh, it's called William Jessup University. He said, oh, I applied for a job there. I said, oh, really? What job? He said, an Old Testament job. <laughs> I was like, oh, and I was hoping that's where the conversation would end. No such luck. It's not where it ended. He asked me, well, what do you teach? <laughs> Old Testament. He's like, oh, I heard they wanted to hire a woman. Exactly. It took everything in me <laughs> to stay cool, calm, and collected. But by the grace of the Lord, I did. <laughs> and I said, I like to think that they hired me because I was the right person for the job. Thank goodness the break was over at that point. I was rescued. <laughs> we go back to the workshop. and But I tell you, I felt really small after that experience. I felt like no matter my education, my experience, my expertise was nothing. That I was only hired to fulfill some sort of quota. Now I know that's not the case, but he made, he put those ideas in, into my head. 
I also imagined that because of my expertise that any church I attended would be very happy to have me preach and teach. But again, that hasn't been the case. Regardless of my calling, that again made me feel that my calling would matter more if I was a man. But along with the ugly and the bad, we also have to look at the good, right? That same guy I told you that story about, he found me later and he apologized. And I've had so many mentors in my life, both men and women, that without them, I wouldn't be where I am today. Now, I know it hasn't all been sunshine and rainbows, and our, our callings never are, but I am confident that I am on the path that God created for me. Yeah, amen, thank you. Um, as a professor, though, um, some of my favorite courses um, are actually two classes I'm teaching this fall. Uh, one is called Biblical World, Old Testament, and the other is my Women in Scripture course. Um, in my mind, both of these types of courses really are super important, not just because I teach them, but, uh, but because they really are helpful in helping us understand um, the biblical world better, which then, of course, helps us understand Scripture better. And so the couple things that I try to impart on my students is, one is context, context, context. And I know Pastor Lance said that word a lot. And I really can't emphasize how much trying to understand, especially the cultural context of ancient Israel, how imperative it is to our understanding of the scriptural text, because our biblical authors, they assumed that the people who were listening and reading to these stories knew all the culture. And of course, here we are thousands of years later in a very different world where we are puzzled by most of the stuff that's part of that, that culture. And the other thing is um, that we also have to do our own work, right? A lot of us um, are really, we know what we know about the Bible, maybe from some little soundbite we've heard or some little podcast or something, and, and we rarely do the work ourselves. Now, biblical criticism is a discipline, what we use within biblical studies, and that's an important discipline. And criticism not meaning that it's judgmental or negative, but criticism meaning a slow, careful reading, a slow, careful analysis of a passage. And context, doing a little bit of work into the context of a passage on our own, reading it for ourselves, I guarantee you will help us understand those passages better. Because otherwise we get into sloppy scholarship. If we're not willing to put in the time and the effort to study a passage contextually, it can have really hurtful ramifications. For instance, you know, a lot of people might say that the Bible, that women can't be in leadership and when you ask them why, they say, because the Bible says so. And if you ask them, okay, where? <laughs> and they used to go, I don't know, it says somewhere, I heard it someplace. It's like, okay, that's great, but we really gotta do the work for ourselves. We don't really know what the Bible says about something unless you read it yourself. And that's one of the things I'm always trying to impart upon my students. Don't listen what I just have to say. Don't take it for just, you know, whatever it is but go read it for yourself. 
you have Bibles. We all have them translated into English, and some translations are better than others, but you know, they're all there. So critical thinking isn't just knowing about what you think, but why you think it. So a really good example of this kind of sloppy scholarship um, is sometimes that a, an approach that I do in class is I have students read the so-called David, Bathsheba, and Uriah incident in 2 Samuel 11. And I give them, tell them to read the passage, and I ask, just ask the text some basic questions. Who, what, when, where, and why? So they get into their groups and they do that. And so I start asking them the questions once they've had a chance to review it. And I say, so where was Bathsheba? And someone always says, more than one person always says, she's on the roof, taking a bath, deliberately trying to tempt David into having sex with her. And I say, well, let's read that all together out loud again. And inevitably they say, and I say, don't skim it, read it. Read it out loud if you have to. And they see that it's not Bathsheba on the roof, but it's David on the roof doing a bit of peeping Tom action. As a result of this kind of sloppiness, Bathsheba has historically been blamed and labeled as a so-called bad girl of the Bible, when this is far from what the text describes. But I am inspired. I have hope. And my biggest hope uh, on a daily basis, of course, besides from God, is my students. My students um, continue to inspire me. And of course, I'll pick on my women in scripture class again today. We spend the entire semester focusing on the named and unnamed women of scripture. We get into the text ourselves. We talk about the context. We wrestle with the text. And like Jacob, we won't let it go until it blesses us. I'm inspired with these students who want to know their sacred text and they want to use it to change the world. These young women and young men are seeing for themselves how God used women to help bring about God's redemption story. We see the strength of women like Yael who understood the physical danger that her household was in and literally taking matters into her own hands protects her family. We see stories like Deborah, the judge, Miriam, the prophetess, Tamar, Dina, the wise woman of Ma'aka, Rahab, Rachel, Rebecca, the Marys, <laughs> Martha, Junia, Priscilla, Damaris, the list goes on and on. Women who God called to help fulfill God's purpose women have always been leading. It's all in there. You just have to read it. Thank you so much for your time.